Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 232. This episode is part one of two and it is an interview with Paul Putt. Paul is a parent of four very sports-minded student-athletes. We will hear a little about all four and how two of his daughters went through the recruiting process and how the third daughter is currently going through it now. Paul's son is in sixth grade, so they have some time before he gets in the recruiting journey. Paul and his wife, Christy, both played a sport in college, and Paul is a certified physical trainer with a Bachelor of Science in Sports Management with Athletic Training Emphasis from Southwest Baptist University. And he also has a Master's of Science in Exercise and Sports Science from the University of Central Missouri. He has been a trainer at some high schools, he has taught at Southwest Baptist University, and he has been a personal trainer all the way through his career. Paul is currently the Director of Wellness and Fitness at Hickory Hills Country Club in Springfield, Missouri, and still does personal training training with individual student-athletes and adults. In this episode, we get the family's background information. Michaela, the oldest daughter, played two years of Division II soccer and basketball. Macy is now playing D1 volleyball at Arkansas State, and Mariah is a junior in high school and plays basketball. So let's get started of part one of two, an interview with Paul Putt. Paul took time out of his busy schedule, and we did the interview in his new training facility. The audio has a little echo in it, and you may hear a dog that was trying to get into the conversation. But the info in this interview is really worth hearing. Paul, give us some information about you and your wife's sports background and what you guys are currently doing. Well, Christy and I both grew up playing sports. I played football and baseball growing up. She played uh, volleyball and, and basketball, and I think she did some track. She was an all-state basketball player from Kearney. Missouri. Coming out of high school, she received multiple offers to play basketball and volleyball, and some schools, they asked her to play both. I came out of high school at a big school in Arkansas, and we didn't have baseball, so you didn't have the opportunity to get looked at by coaches like the kids do now. So when I went to college, I walked on at a Division II school and played four years there. Uh, Currently, we just chase our kids around watching them play either in college or uh, local sports. Give us a rundown on all four of your kids, what they're currently doing or what they've done in the past in their sports activities. Sure. So I have three daughters and a son. My oldest daughter played two years of college basketball and college soccer at a Division II school. She no longer plays. She's just a student and working and adulting out in Denver, Colorado now. My second daughter currently plays volleyball for Arkansas State University, which is in the Sunbelt Conference. And my third daughter is a junior in high school and she is playing basketball only now. Uh, She played volleyball for years and that was kind of a requirement in my house. I wanted my kids to play more than one sport just to kind of keep their brains fresh and to keep their bodies moving in different ways in the so-called off-season of their main sport. Then my son has played everything from baseball to football and basketball right now currently. We're getting ready to get geared up for baseball season here in the spring. Um, I guess one of the things about my daughters too is that um, as they were growing up, we kind of pushed them into different sports that maybe they didn't want to play when they were younger just to, so they could see what it was like. And it's amazing how that works when you expose them to different sports. They kind of fall in love with one or two of them. And uh, that kind of sets a course for them. And it's kind of fun to see them progress and grow and, and actually love the sport itself. 
And you guys reached out on all four of your kids, and they all start with M. So uh, give, give us the names of all, all four of your kids. So you got Michaela as the oldest, Macy, Mariah, and then Merrick. What, uh, how old is Merrick, or what grade is Merrick? Merrick is a sixth grader, so oh. he's 12. All right, he's, he's growing up. I haven't seen him for about six months. so <laughs> Getting taller. Yeah. How much did you guys know about recruiting? Michaela started getting recruited uh, in high school. Zero. Christy had a suitcase full of letters and things that were sent to her from coaches from all over the Midwest trying to recruit her to play sports. I had zero, so I knew absolutely nothing about it. But that was a long time ago, and, and recruiting's changed a lot mm -hmm. since then. So going into it with Michaela, uh, we we're kind of blind, didn't really know what to do, where to go, and how to do it. Uh, luckily for us, she didn't really want to expand out very far. She wanted to kind of stay local, so that kind of helped us. So a lot of the local coaches knew her already, so they, they knew what she looked like. They knew how she could play. So there wasn't a ton of recruiting going on, so it wasn't really a whole lot we had to do on our side of it. That ended up being good and bad. Did they reach out to her since they kind of knew her from uh, local soccer and, and basketball, or did you guys reach out to those local schools? Fortunately for me, in, in my background, I, I know some of those coaches, and so they knew my kids, and they saw them play when they were growing up. So, you know, one thing led to another, like a, one of the college basketball coaches saw her play, and she was recruiting her. Well, at the same time, the soccer coach at that same university was wanting to recruit her. So they both kind of had something going a little bit, and then they kind of put their heads together, and that was beneficial for her for a couple of years. Um, so that was helpful. They, they knew who she was already. And some of that was through me. Some of that was through just getting to hear her name on the news here and there and yonder. So that was beneficial. And she ended up going to you guys' alma mater. Is that right? Southwest Baptist University. Yep. Yes. Yep. So both, both you and your wife both uh, played there. So. Mm -hmm. What are some of the differences that you see between basketball, soccer, and volleyball since you had uh, two girls that are, that are currently in those sports? I didn't see a ton of difference. I guess some of the things I would tell people to do, and it's kind of simple, at least it is in my, in my thought anyway, the student athlete and the parents, the families have to got to be probably maybe a little bit more aggressive on the girl side. You will find some girls that are very talented, but then you'll find a, a large group that are very similar. They're, for a basketball player, you'll find a lot of 5'8 girls. Okay, that's, that's good, depending on what level you want to play at and how fast you are and how good you are. So you, what happens is a coach sees 20 different girls at the same height with the same talent. Now, which girl wants to come to my school bad? And that's a big deal. So uh, what we're seeing now with other families, but also with our own, is trying to reach out to coaches and see if they're interested in us. One of the best things that was told to us on a recruiting trip was by a volleyball coach in a, a former Missouri Valley Conference school now. He said a couple things I, I would encourage you to do, because in girls' sports, there is no money. He said, so we are looking for quality girls. What we need to know is, are you interested in our program? If you are, you say so. He goes, if you're not, say so. If you don't say anything, we're gonna assume you're not interested and we're gonna cut cord and just move on down the road. He said, honesty is the best policy. There's no money to be made in it, but we're looking for quality people to be to help our program to stay quality. And I thought that was some of the best advice that we got on the recruiting trail by by far. Uh, some of the other things we're seeing is that, you know, the videos, uh, sending out emails, one of the things I've been telling parents is that if you got a chance to go to a camp, go to a camp. Because at the camps, the coaches can actually touch you. They can talk to you. They can tell you the things they like. Hey, try this move. Try that move. Do this. Do Where they can't do that, they're in the stands or at other facilities because they're hands-off there. And uh, so that, to me, is a big one. They actually get to see what you have and what you can bring to the table. And you said you know basically zero with uh, Michaela. Now, uh, Macy, she's at Arkansas State now. How did, how did that change 
on how you guys looked at the recruiting and, and what kind of differences did you see between uh, Michaela's recruiting and, and Macy's recruiting? Um, Macy's recruiting started when we weren't ready yet. Um, <laughs> she actually went to a um, post-Christmas volleyball tournament over at ORU in Tulsa, and uh, we didn't go for whatever reason. She wrote to somebody else, and before they even got home, we had like two or three phone calls saying, Macy just got offered her first scholarship. And we're like, what? Uh, and so from that point on, that kind of got the ball rolling, and we had to start really concentrating, okay, this is the, this is the real deal. What are we going to do about it? You know, because you won't get caught off guard. You know, one of the things you got to talk to with your kids is about, do you want to really play? Because you better love the sport. Otherwise, it's, it's a grind, and nobody wants to have a grind. It's supposed to be fun. It's still a sport. Hopefully, you can pay your way through school somewhat or whatever it may be, but it's supposed to be fun. And if it's a grind, it doesn't matter if you get a scholarship or not. It's just not fun anymore. Um, and so that kind of got us going, what level do you want to play at? Where do you want to go? Then we had to start being honest. So we went to a couple of what we'd call, you and I are talking about ID camps for volleyball as well. And so at these ID type of camps, there might be um, six, seven, seven, eight, ten different volleyball coaches there. JUCO, NAIA, all the way up to Division One. And so you go there and they can talk to you and they can put hands on because they're running the drills. So they're allowed to do certain things with you while you're there. Uh, the problem with that is you go and there might be a 200 other girls there. So if you don't stand out, eh, you know, you may not be on anybody's radar. So when you go to those, you have a chance to ask questions. You have a chance to show off and, and that helps. As you go along, you get to send out those emails, say, hey, thanks for watching me. Thanks for talking to me there. Now they've got a mental image of who you are and what you do. I'll tell you a fast story. There was, we were at this ID camp in St. Louis. The coach from Memphis was there. I had sent out an email and I, I sent the email incorrectly. And if you don't send the emails correctly, they cannot get back to you yeah. because it's wrong. So one of the things I did wrong was I didn't put Macy's uh, graduating year in the email. So because of that, they wouldn't contact me back because it may be a recruiting violation mm -hmm. and, and just stuff like that. And so she walked by and uh, I'm at this camp. It's an all day thing for like three days. So I have nothing to do except stand there and watch. And so being the dad, I'm kind of bored. So I go around watching other people play besides my own kid. And uh, this coach, she walked by me and I'm curious. I just want to know what, what made you come to this camp versus other camps. And she told me, she goes, I have, uh, I have an assistant coach in Dallas. I have another one over in Atlanta, the same type of ID camp. So I stayed close to home and came, came to St. Louis. And about that time, I had described Macy to her in the email a little bit. About that time, Macy hit the ball and she hit it so hard it almost went through the floor. And it, it echoed all over the whole arena. Of course, people stopped and looked. And she looked at me and she goes, that's your kid, isn't it? And I'm like, it might be. She goes, I thought so. And she just kept walking on. But see, I, I, I put a bug in her ear. The Macy made the impression on her at the right time. And that kind of got her interested in. From there, you know, we, we send emails to that coach and we try to have a communication with that coach. We didn't go anywhere with it. But one thing we tell parents and kids, don't burn any bridges. Even if you're not interested in a certain school, but you really want to play, keep your bridges open. Keep those, keep those communication, uh, uh, keep that conversation going with those coaches because you never know. And, and sports becomes very relational. You know, even if, even if you go to one school, a lot of girls sports, you can transfer. So if you have a coach that leaves or if you're not happy or you want to come home closer to home, 
if you kept uh, the doors of communica uh, communication open with certain coaches, then you never know. It, that may open up again. And I'm laughing because I've seen Macy play volleyball, and, and I would not want to be on the other end of uh, one of her one of her spikes. So, and I think my I think Parker, my son, was on the back end of a soccer <laughs> kick back when they were young too. So, so. kind of talking about uh, Macy, uh, she's at Arkansas State. Tell us how important going to the actual school is, and not really being uh, so in love with the coach because you guys had a coach leave after her first year. Mm -hmm. He kind of went to a bigger school. And uh, she's enjoyed, I think, her, her uh, school uh, with, with the coach leaving and the transition. But uh, it's not always just the coach that you're, sh that you're shopping, is it? No, no. So one thing the coaches will tell you, and most people who are honest will tell you, make sure you like the school because uh, Macy's coach that recruited her left after her freshman year. Yeah. Well, the great thing about being recruited is you get to kind of pick your coach, too. If you don't like the coach that's recruiting you, you don't go there. But once you're committed there and you got a scholarship there and they, the administration changes or the coach changes, you're, you're kind of stuck, yep. you know, unless you just want to leave. Macy's interesting trip to Arkansas State was having a good video. Uh, they were actually recruiting our club setter. And so they followed her in different tournaments. Every time that we were at a tournament, um, they made sure they went and watched Jules play. So their eyes were on her all the time. They weren't on Macy. And now they saw Macy play, and she played well every time they watched, but they, she wasn't on their radar mm -hmm. at all. I had reached out to Arkansas State a few times and never heard anything back, and along with some other coaches. And, and uh, this is where your club coach comes in, and your club coach is really important for you too because they know people. And so I get a hold of our club coach, and I said, hey, I've been trying to reach out to Arkansas State. And she goes, well, I know them. And I'm like, any chance maybe you can reach out to them? She goes, sure. Do you have that video? And I'm like, sure. So I send the video to her. She goes, well, let me have the video, and we'll shoot that over to them. I don't know what time of day it was. It's, say, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. By 1.30, I'm getting a phone call back from her going, um, they want her to come visit. They liked her video so much that they want her to come see the campus and visit the school and talk to the coaches. And it happened really, really fast. And so we went there, and we had several. she had several other offers already by uh, some other schools, Division One, Division Two schools. Um, and she was good with them. She just wasn't in love with them yet. And she went down to Arkansas State, and as soon as she saw the campus, she, she fell in love with, with the campus, and she liked the coach. She liked how their trajectory was going up with their winning seasons and how they were doing well. He made no promises. I mean, he, he offered her a scholarship. She was underneath a gun, which coaches do that, and parents need to be prepared for that. Some coaches will twist your arm and put you in the corner and say, I need to know, and I need to know right now and today. And, um, and that's, that's hard to deal with. So going to her, going to their um, facilities and seeing stuff, and the video is what sold both of them. They never saw her play at a camp. So she never went to a camp uh, like she did other places. Yeah. And that sold those coaches on her then. This coach went solely off of her video and the recommendation by a club coach. And I remember you telling a story about uh, kind of being pressured and uh, you guys made a visit and they kind of gave you a deadline uh, to uh, on an offer. And I think Macy told them, I've already promised that I'm going to go to do some other visits. And she and Macy kept that promise and it kind of really pushed that other school out of the way, didn't yeah. it? It was, it was tough. Um, of course, though, the, she had some other offers and we were waiting until the high school volleyball season was over because we were in the state playoffs at the time and Macy was adamant that she was not going to make a trip anywhere during state playoffs because in Ozark the tradition of going to the final four was a big deal and she wasn't going to screw that up and so she she you know was going to go 
And so going back to our conversation earlier about being honest with coaches, and they should be honest with you, we told them, said, here's our schedule. We got this school to go see and this school to go see. So we can't make any decision until after this visit. Right. Um, the week of that visit, I had a, a, a coach call and say, hey, I have another girl interested. I need your answer by tomorrow morning. So I told her, I said, well, if you need it tomorrow morning, I can tell you right now it's a no. I said, because we told you from the very beginning what we're going to do. And if you're asking Macy to call this coach and renege on her promise that she will come on this date, I said, then we're not interested in your right. school. The, the coach backed off. And she goes, okay, I'll give you until Monday, which we went on the trip on Saturday, uh, which led to another conversation with Arkansas State coach. He goes, hey, can I call you on Monday? And she goes, uh, no. He goes, can I call you on Tuesday? She goes, no. He goes, are you being pressured? She goes, yes. He goes, I guess I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah. And she goes, that wouldn't be better. Yeah. And so he called the next day and, and he told her he was very interested and he wanted her to come to Arkansas State and play for him. And he offered her a scholarship and that's all she needed. When uh, Macy was looking at Arkansas State and, and all the other schools, uh, was the location important? Was the uh conference important and who she might play and you guys getting to go and I know uh, uh, Michaela went locally so you got to see a lot of her games but mm -hmm. was that important to you guys? It was important to her mom and I because 20, <laughs> 20 minutes or 30 minutes down the road is a whole lot better than three and a half hours. You know we had those discussions um, you know we work you have other siblings so if you go too far away the chance of us getting to watch you play in person you know they, they get slim. Um, we, we were fortunate enough to with my job to have employers that say, you know what, your kids are only this age one time, go do what you can, you know, and don't abuse it, but just, you know, go enjoy the, the most that you can because it's not gonna be here forever. So, you know, we've been able to travel to Dallas, we've been able to travel to Memphis, and, and uh, we went to Nashville, Tennessee last year. So we were able to go watch her play in some areas that we've never, you know, got to see play before. And, and I don't think I've ever been to Nashville at that time. So that was kind of fun to do. For her, I don't know if it was a big deal to go very far away. She was just wanting to kind of stretch out uh, her, herself because she's kind of a homebody. So the opportunity to kind of get further away, that, that was coming, that was good for her. So we, we liked that a whole lot. And uh, to get her to get her out of her comfort zone, that was that was a good thing. Just, you know, college, that's, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. That will wrap up part one of the interview with Paul Putt. Next week, part two, We'll cover topics of the importance of school's location, video advice, the importance of having a conversation with your student-athlete, and many more helpful nuggets of advice. The last 10 episodes of 2020 had the 10 myths about athletic scholarships from the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. So to start 2021, I'm going to dip into Appendix C of the Recruit Me 3.0 system for frequently asked recruiting questions from student-athletes and parents. I hope you find this Q&A section helpful. Question. What kind of grades in high school are acceptable in order to receive an athletic scholarship? Answer. I cannot tell you how important it is to keep your grades up. If you cannot get into the school, the coach cannot get you on the team. The NCAA has standards for grades in order to be eligible for intercollegiate athletic, and they differ by division. Go to NCAA.org or NAIA.org, NJCAA.org for more details on each level. You can also go to eligibilitycenter.org for more information. Thank you for listening, and please pass the Athletic Scholarship Podcast on to other families that could use it. We look forward to seeing you next Tuesday.